You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Purely devised and uh, produced and controlled by none other than uh, our very own Ibrahim Padachia. And he's uh, made impressions. He's made, uh, in, uh, in fact, he's become uh, a, le- a legacy in the traveling industry and uh, many other things he does uh, that he does with uh, distinction. Ibrahim Ba, Assalamu Alaikum wa Rasmatullahi wa Barakatuh. And tell me how you doing this fine, uh, beautiful uh, evening, Ibrahim Ba. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Brother Shafat and our listeners to Radio Marqa Sahaba. Alhamdulillah, it's a beautiful uh, Tuesday evening and I'm in good spirits. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, great to have you in great spirits, uh, Ba. Because uh, what happens when you keep a great spirit and you have that in you, it, it is very efficacious. And uh, you know what? I think the listeners really, really enjoy that. And Alhamdulillah, Allah bless you for that now and forever. Ibrahim Ba. Everyone you talk to, they say, hey, you know what, semigration, I'm going for semigration, and I want to go for semigration. What's going on, Ibrahim Ba, if you're thinking about a semigration? They say, do it now. Why, Ba? Uh, well, there's a few reasons to it. Uh, semigration, just to uh, clear the uh, any misconceptions, unlike emigration is where you leave your country and you go to another Semigration is where you most probably leave your city or your province and go elsewhere within your own country. So uh, that is basically what it is, the act of uh, relocating to another province, uh, mostly uh, for lifestyle or work-related reasons. And uh, it's growing in popularity in South Africa. Uh, You can understand why very clearly. While Johannesburg remains the economic powerhouse in Gauteng, Many of our South Africans are seeking a better quality of life by moving to either the Western Cape or KZN, which you believe. And uh, before the pandemic, uh, semigration involved mostly businesses that were relocating or individuals who were quitting their jobs to enjoy uh, life on the coast or in a rural sort of setting and uh, choosing to commute uh, to their workplace in Gauteng. Uh, however, remote work normalization during the pandemic has given rise to a new form of semigration because uh, today you can re- work remotely from just about anywhere on earth. So uh, I think that is the plus and that is what is uh, uh, due to the increase in this trend. And uh, People are moving to previously less favored areas, bah, such as small coastal towns in the Western Cape. And uh, the reasons for this shift, uh, you know, in desirability, it, it includes uh, the need to try, and I say the word try, to escape blackouts and crime and uh, enjoy improved service delivery from, uh, you know, a smaller municipality, perhaps. And of course, uh, have a relaxed social environment and uh, better prospects of economic growth and infrastructure development uh, in your area of choice. And of course, in this aspect, the Western Cape is particularly attractive due to its uh, two lower income individuals, due to its lower unemployment rate and superior infrastructure that is, of course, head and shoulders over uh, KZN and I dare say many other provinces in the country. And uh, this semigration, it affects uh, different areas in different ways. Uh, some locations like Cape Town, northern suburbs have become busier and, of course, more congested. Uh, 
others like Mossel Bay are experiencing uh, beneficial growth and urbanization. And of course, uh, with that, you'll see housing prices in these areas could rise as a result, making it very much a seller's market and not so much for the buyers. So uh, it depends on your choice of uh, final destination as to uh, what's on offer, what's available, and uh, how much you are going to be paying. And of course, that, uh, you know, it, it, it gives rise to the opening up of more and more uh, businesses in the estate agency category as such, depending on where the shift is more prominent. You'll see even if it's a small dopey, you'll find the big players over there because they take advantage of uh, any situation as and when it arises. And uh, prospective immigrants are advised to act soon because, uh, of course, interest rates are going up uh, like uh, with every breath we take, literally. And uh, no one knows when it's going to turn and, you know, so, or stabilize. So uh, in the long term, they say it's better to take uh, advantage of the current situation. But they caution that uh, careful planning is crucial and considering other relevant factors uh, is most important when deciding on a new place to live. So uh, that's what semigration is all about. People working, uh, having the ability to work remotely and of course wanting to have a more relaxed or improved lifestyles or work opportunities in other provinces. And again, just to recapitulate, uh, KZN and Western Cape are the favorite destinations. And uh, of course the prospective uh, semigrants are encouraged to act promptly in view of the interest rates and potential impact on housing prices. So that's what your semigration is all about, pa. I tell you, Ba, you were absolutely brilliant. And whilst you were, you know, so eloquently uh, telling us uh, the uh, meaning of semigration and, uh, you know, in, in the context of essay, I was also thinking about, you know, whilst I was flying uh, this weekend, I was, uh, you know, Johannesburg flying down back, uh, going up to Johannesburg, it was... Uh, but cloudy, I couldn't see much. But when we are coming down and we're flying over Belito, and I was looking at uh, if there were any industrial uh, development there, but uh, there was hardly any development. No more houses were built, were being built there, and it seems that the north coast is still pristine, uh, pristine uh, purity is there. Unlike the South Basin, I mean, there is a boom, there is development, there is industries being, you know, the money is being invested here. Uh, this is going to be the pollution hub of uh, <laughs> of South Africa. With uh, the uh, you know a lot of money to have a lot of uh, as is it has it's one of the richest basins in the country the Durban South Basin. Um, am I uh, right in my assumptions by saying that uh, Palito and that North Coast uh, the development will be not more of a chemical nature or a pollutant uh, nature, Ibrahim Bar? Yeah, well, look, uh, I think uh, the South Basin, as we call it, is more industrial and heavy industrial, light and heavy industry is uh, based over there. And of course, uh, seeing that uh, the place is already well established, it will attract uh, more and more potential companies from coming and setting up there. Uh, on the other hand, uh, the Dolphin Coast on the north going up to Belito and places like that for the field. Yeah, the accent is more on a more relaxed uh, sort of uh, residential setup where
uh, as of uh, Ibrahim Ba, we've got some uh, load shedding issues there. But inshallah, we'll get, uh, sort that out. And uh, as soon as Ibrahim Ba does that, uh, we'll be talking about uh, the different areas uh, that we have and what we're doing there. And Alhamdulillah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Can you hear yeah, Ibrahim Ba, you're back again. Yeah, no, the, the load shedding is playing around oh, here okay. again. So your inverter has uh, have, yeah, uh, just yeah, got in over. there. Sorry about that uh, interruption. Yeah, so uh, like I said, uh, look, there, there are some industrial, but light industrial developments uh, like the shopping complexes and the car dealerships and whatnot else uh, in the But that, uh, of course, caters to the uh, local demand, the local market, so to speak, which is uh, basically residential on the north so yeah your 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 assumption was quite correct thank you gee Brian, and you know as uh, we look around us we see many other issues uh, that comes through and uh, then you look at uh, you know um, you know we spoke about the semigration and you know south africa is uh, loved and uh, three of south africa's uh, destinations have been uh, rated in the top uh, uh, top 100 Ibrahim Ba. yeah no surprises that consumer sentiment towards any particular destination and this is how they arrived. Pa, are you there? Pa? I lost Gee, you. Pa, I can uh, hear you be just faded off now and then, but I'll continue, Pa. I just said there's yeah. load shedding. It's warning okay. us, but I'm, I'm here, Pa. Oh, great. Now, the TSI measures online conversations to determine consumer sentiment towards any particular destination. And the study analyzed, get this, over 1.6 billion, with a B, online conversations and content pieces to identify the top 100 most loved destinations globally. Uh, of uh, the three top uh, ones from South Africa, in the Western Cape again, Hermanus ranked uh, a very uh, high 18th globally. And <clears throat> seeing that it's such a small town, you know, one wonders why, but it is known for its wildlife viewing and uh, one of, it is one of the best places uh, on Earth for land-based whale watching. So I think uh, this appeals more to the nature lovers than people who'd like to come and watch the whales whilst not getting their feet wet. Of course, uh, Hermanus also boasts pristine beaches, including the famous Blue Flag Grotto Beach. And... Uh, it is also famous for its wines and vineyards in the nearby Hemel and Arda Valley. So that's what uh, has uh, earned Hermanus' 18th position. Next up was uh, Stellenbosch that ranked 34th globally. Again, renowned for its wine and, and of course, its sublime Cape Dutch architecture, old museums and art galleries that showcase its rich cultural heritage. And of course, one 
and it contributes significantly to South Africa's wine production and has regular wine tasting experiences uh, that draw uh, tourists and tourism groups to the area. And of course, uh, if one has flown over there, you can see how scenic, how beautiful the vineyards look. So that's what is there for Sir Stellenbosch and Cape Town, surprisingly, only ranked 40th globally. And of course, it's an iconic city with Table Mountain going for it. And uh, it has its stunning beaches that include Clifton, Camps Bay, and of course, Landadno. And it offers a blend of rich history, modern amenities, and diverse cultures. So the popular attraction that uh, Cape Town has, of course, uh, without doubt, Table Mountain, the VNA waterfront, and the very picturesque and colorful, in many ways, Boke Up neighborhood up on the hill there with its brightly painted houses and the local uh, cuisine, mostly of uh, Malay, Malay origin. And the inclusion of these three South African towns, uh, you know, it speaks to global travelers that uh, have uh, expressed a sentiment that, uh, you know, they, they, they like coming to South Africa. And these were the places that they cited as the ones that are most popular in their estimation. And that is how they arrived at uh, these ratings. And of course, uh, while tourism uh, arrivals have been um, impacted by the recent pandemic, uh, 2022 saw some growth uh, over the previous years. And of course, South Africa continues, despite everything that's happening here, the load shedding, the mismanagement, et cetera, et cetera. South Africa is still resilient and continues to be a sought-after destination for travelers from all over the world. Would you believe Allah's blessed this land, if only the people can see it? Yes, Abba, uh, you know, absolutely. It is a blessed land indeed, uh, not appreciated uh, by the majority. And, you know, you wonder why they don't, uh, don't appreciate the land. And, uh, you know, what do we do then about to even conscientize them that the land is such a good land? Uh, it's going to take some doing. It's going to be something that's going to have to start from uh, grassroots. It's going to be a generational thing that, that will have have to be done over a period of time. But we're getting some gremlins in between. It's the people on the road. Ah. Uh, Okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, that's what it is. It's going to take a re-education of considerable uh, magnitude and effort and time before we can get them to appreciate and understand how beautiful this land is and what it has to offer. Chiba, and uh, you know, when uh, perhaps uh, when we get that, uh, you know, we'll be more. Uh, you know, we'll be living in a more civilized place, if I may say so. But uh, then we talk about uh, something else, Ibrahimba. Uh, you know, <laughs> when we look around us, uh, we have these uh, Arabs uh, making waves, especially in Saudia. And, you know, mm. they're developing uh, uh, with uh, the uh, locomotives and so forth. Now, I believe uh, there's a rail system coming up. Talk to us about that, Ba. Yeah, well, uh, there's a lot of hype going on, and they're calling it the dream of the desert. Nice name, playing on words over there. And uh, this uh, train is set to become the Middle East's first luxury train, bringing a new level of opulence and comfort to rail travel within Saudi Arabia. 
And of course, the project is in collaboration with the Saudi Arabian Railways and Italy's Arsenal Group, renowned for their involvement in prestigious rail projects such as the uh, the Orient Express, La Dolce Vita, and uh, other top uh, sort of rail uh, travel projects that they've undertaken in many countries. And uh, the budget is around $51 million, uh, of course. And the venture aims to provide affluent tourists with the integrated luxury transport experience while exploring the kingdom's tourist attractions. Personally, I uh, haven't been through the de desert, you know, and I'm not sure exactly which route uh, this uh, tracks are going to take. But I dare say that there are some places worth exploring in the desert that they are looking to exploit. That is the uh, tourism department of uh, the kingdom. And the train itself, it will be five-star accommodation on wheels, offering lavish amenities and top-notch services. And uh, it will be designed to exude elegance and sophistication, providing passengers with a truly memorable journey. And uh, like on any luxury train, the interior will feature luxurious cabins, spacious lounges, gourmet dining options, and of course, onboard entertainment facilities. And of course, the basic aim is to create an atmosphere of opulence, comfort, and indulgence reminiscent of the golden age of train travel. That is something that uh, is rarely experienced by the majority. You've got to be someone with deep pockets and well-heeled to uh, go on one of these journeys. But I guess those people in that area uh, have the pension for it and, of course, the uh, wealth to spend on it. And uh, incidentally, the inaugural tour of this Dream of the Desert Train is scheduled to commence sometime in 2025, transporting travelers from the capital city of Riyadh to Kurayat on, in the north of the country. Uh, On-route passengers will be able to experience the natural beauty and cultural landmarks of Saudi Arabia, including notable destinations such as Al-Wasim, Hail, and Al-Juf. The journey, of course, will provide a unique perspective on the kingdom's diverse landscape, historical sites, and, of course, its rich heritage. And uh, like I say, this is the collaboration between South Saudi Arabian Railways and of course the Italian company that is seeking to elevate the tourism industry in Saudi Arabia with this exclusive and luxurious travel option. And uh, the project, of course, it aligns with the country's vision 2030, which seeks to diversify the economy and promote tourism and leisure activities. And uh, they are hoping to attract high-end tourism who seek a blend of luxury and exploration while showcasing the kingdom's hidden treasures in a unique and, of course, unforgettable way. So that's your dream in the desert, Biden. You can make it a reality if you've got the money, of course. Jiva, it seems, uh, yeah, those uh, uh, without an Islamic identity, yeah, preferential treatment, yeah, and, uh, that is the, 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 the irony of the whole situation. I mean, they give an exemption to do anything, uh, literally license to kill Ibrahim Bar. Yeah, it's again uh, playing to your base uh, desires and materialism and aping the West, basically. So I'm not sure exactly what you're going to see in the desert. I don't know how much that can 
you know, appeal to somebody. But uh, there you have it. They going ahead with it. Well, you know, I may mean, think that uh, when you go to Germany, I don't. Uh, they're having a, a Muslim population is getting bigger and bigger. Very soon, they say there'll be a majority Muslim po- uh, population in Europe. But yeah. uh, let's talk about uh, our tourism taking uh, on uh, Frankfurt. Talk about mm-hmm. Jemaimba. Yeah, and uh, coming back to what your comment was just now about the Muslim population, they invited the majority of the time at the time then were the Turks to help build the country and do the lousy jobs that they didn't want to do. And now suddenly it's becoming a big challenge for them. But anyway, it will sort itself out one way or the other. Yeah, coming to uh, South African tourism again in the limelight, they recently showcased South Africa as a premier business events destination at IMEX Frankfurt 2023. That just happened, uh, I think it was last week or something, if I'm not sure. And this just happens to be one of Europe's largest trade shows for the tourism industry. Uh, SA Tourism led a group of South African exhibitors, including business owners and officials. And uh, they set out to present a compelling message about the country's readiness to host events of all sizes and, of course, showcase SA's quality assured facilities, venues and commitment to service excellence. Now, Zinjle Nzama, she is the acting CEO at the South African National Convention Bureau. And uh, she said that their clear objective was to attract more business events to South Africa. And of course, the, the delegation highlighted the country's infrastructure, natural beauty and ability to exceed expectations when hosting unique and exceptional MICE events. Now, MICE is basically an acronym for meetings in centers uh, conferences and exhibitions that's used in travel and tourism parlance to, you know, save you from repeating those words over and over again. And of course, South African tourism's uh, sector strategy is focused on securing events in medical sciences, life sciences, agriculture, creative industry, and of course, the manufacturing sectors. So these were the sectors that they targeted. And of course, by actively doing this uh, sector-aligned business events at trade shows like IMEX, South Africa's business sector, uh, significantly contributes to the economic development of the country, as a result of which a total of 87 conferences have been secured between 2023 and 27, and I'm sure their recent uh, performance at uh, IMEX Frankfurt will add to that. And just to give you an idea of the contribution it makes to our South African economy, those 87 uh, conferences are purported to bring in uh, in excess of 2 billion rand. So it's not something to be sniffed at. And uh, of course, uh, participation at trade shows like this by SA Tourism is, you know, it not only connects uh, our people with potential partners, event organizers, and associations of representatives seeking exceptional destinations for their business events, but it also positions SA as a preferred destination for hosting such important events. So uh, good move by SA Tourism. I know they were also uh, pitched at the uh, uh, Arabian Travel Mart that took a, that took place at the beginning of May, and then we had the Indaba here. And then I do know that uh, people from the Durban ICC, the top brass, were also 
a part of the delegation that went to IMEX. So uh, I think they're trying their best, uh, seeing that it is a very lucrative market uh, to be involved in. And of course, Durban has everything, uh, good weather, good, uh, you know, uh, natural attractions, uh, hotels, and of course, an excellent convention center. So uh, I think uh, we stand to benefit from this uh, uh, exposition that took place there. And uh, let's hope it works well for everybody concerned. You know, Ibrahim, by the irony of the whole situation, say we stand to benefit. Sri Ramaphosa has gone to the, uh, you know, to uh, Europeans or to the Americans or even to the Saudis and the Emiratis. Hey, he's going to get a lot of money. We stand to Ibrahim, ba, but it seems we stand to be fooled also. You know, these all are like, uh, you know, maybe uh, uh, propaganda or the, the, when the money is made. Uh, eventually, government decides what's going to happen with it, or you know, even uh, the uh, municipality. And in our uh, municipality, we're still in debt. I mean, uh, uh, what do we do, Ibrahimba? Well, look, somebody phoned me the other day. He remained anonymous, of course, and uh, he was asking my opinion. Uh, you know, they basically saying what everybody is saying that they are sick and tired of the mismanagement of the. Uh, province, uh, of course, the country, if you can look at it in a broader context. And it's high time that the people uh, did something because the uh, the chorus is growing louder and louder, you know, insofar as withholding the uh, payment of rates until such time they have some sort of cast iron guarantees from the municipality as to the levels of service delivery and things like that. But uh, I've uh, been down this road before and I can tell you very clearly that that uh, even if you are going to be paying it into the trust account of some legal or other company to hold in trust, you know, to show your good faith uh, and the fact that you are so fed up with the status quo. The thing is, it is uh, illegal. And uh, my first advice to them was to get uh, some proper legal advice insofar as uh, contesting the legality of the stance. And uh, then they were talking about maybe forming another uh, offshoot or other political party, uh, you know, to represent the people as such, because, you know, generally, globally, uh, the politicians, with a few notable exceptions, I might add, uh, they're just to feather their own nest and get what they can out of the system while they can. So this was the topic of conversation, and I gave them my, my candid advice and, of course, my opinion for what it's worth. And uh, they promised to, uh, you know, want me to join this and that. I said, no, I don't do politics per se, but if you want my opinion and advice on matters relating to the work we do, then yes, I'll be glad to share that with you. And uh, that's where I left it. I do see a missed call from that same individual on the phone. I haven't had the time to call back, but I will. And uh, look, I think uh, they are genuinely uh, fed up, but uh, nevertheless very sincere about doing it because look, uh, Ba, we all are wearing the same shoes. We are all feeling the pinch and uh, it'll only be a liar or a fool who's going to say otherwise that the situation is so wonderful that we can sit and harp on all the wonderful things that Durban is or the municipality has done, etc whilst uh, them not being able to keep basically uh, the lights on, not to talk about the water and the sewage and the list just goes on and on. So it is where we are at. And the thing is, I think it's time that we look out uh, for each other.
and do what we can in our own uh, neighborhoods and areas to try and maintain the uh, livability, if I say that, and the quality of life and safety and security that we, you know, desire as such. And I find it more and more difficult without the support of the municipality who we pay exorbitant rates and taxes that keep going up every five minutes and getting nothing that we can talk about in return that's worthwhile. Now, you know, once you're talking, Ibrahimba, I was thinking about uh, the councillors, especially the type of councillors uh, uh, that we have in our in our municipality, I'm talking about Itikweni. Mm. Uh, would you say that most of them are compromised, Abba? Well, that's a fair statement. And the thing is, at the end of the day, uh, who do you blame? Who do you blame? Who goes and votes for them? Those are the people that are responsible for the scenario. I mean, if you give a thief an opportunity, right, I'm just using an analogy here, and leave your shop uh, open and uh, un unattended with goods there, he'll come in and... and, and take uh, the opportunity to help himself. Even though it's wrong, it's illegal and, and, and immoral and whatnot else, that counts for nothing. The opportunity is there and I'm going to take it. So if you put uh, uh, someone who is, uh, let's just say, uh, compromised in that position, a uh, morally or otherwise without any ethics and no scruples, then you'll get what you've got right now. And this unfortunately is the same where I think we are the only parliament on earth where there's more people there with criminal and other records and cases outstanding than anywhere else on earth. So uh, that's, I think, uh, par for the course. So uh, I think last week it was where I think one of the councillors uh, drove a car and he most probably was inebriated or whatever, and he smashed it when he shouldn't be behind the wheel. There should be a chauffeur driving it, et cetera, et cetera. That shows you the... Uh, the levels and degrees of mismanagement and the sort of uh, don't give a damn attitude of the people that are in charge. Gee, Brian Ba, you know, we can uh, go on uh, talking and talking because when you talk, you really bring out the best uh, in, uh, you know, in, in, in broadcasting by the, you answer those questions uh, that the people want. And I don't know, like if you and I are chemistry. So whenever you bring something up, hey, I'm thinking of the other things and so forth. Brian Ba, with the load shedding worrying us and all that, but we still plowed through this uh, broadcast. Perhaps your parting words uh, this evening. Yeah, seeing that we were talking about uh, looking out for own, let me just leave you with uh, this one. Uh, it's a few lines on the power of empathy. And basically it goes like this. I'm not in it with you. I'm not here to fix you. I'm not here to feel it for you. But I'm here to feel with you and let you know that you're not alone in whatever is ailing you. Bramba, absolutely brilliant. You have a mashallah beautiful evening ahead. We will talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa And of course, all our listeners out there, have a lovely evening further. Yeah, Bramba, they're really giving it to us uh, like it is. I want to thank Alukalo for brilliant engineering. Keep it locked on to Marcus Sahaba for beautiful programming from the team and I. Can we meet you again? We bid you. Assalamu alaikum. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.